You're listening to the best of Morning Drive with Dietrich and White, an on-demand audio presentation of redpeachsports.com and ESPN977.com. Now here's today's show. Good morning, North Louisiana. What up? How goes it? Aaron here in the Caldwell Banker Group One Realty Studio in beautiful West Monroe, alongside some of the Washita citizens, Jake Martin. Good morning, Mr. Martin. Morning. How we doing? Good. Plenty to discuss over the next uh, two hours. Of course, your calls, your texts, always welcome on the Stuart Shelby State Farm Hotline slash text line 888 993 7762. Go to stuartshelby.com for a free quote. Plenty to discuss. Got a nice uh, guest list Tuesday. We start with some headlines on this Wednesday morning, Jake. Can I start with the Pels? I sure. think we, I think we need to start with the Pels. All right. So yesterday we kind of hyped up the matchup against the Blazers, of course. You know, now they're down to seven games left before the NBA playoffs start. And they're right in the thick of it. They're trying to catch that uh, number four seed. And uh, quite frankly, you know, there's not too many games separating them from the number eight seed right now. So they're simply just trying to make the playoffs at this point still. So, huge matchup against the Blazers, who were red hot. They had won eight of the last ten going into that game. They were number three seed. And this was a frustrating 105-103 to 103 loss mm. for the Pels. It was frustrating because for, – for several reasons. All right, first you had Anthony Davis get nicked up. He got nicked up in the third quarter. He rolled his ankle. He came back and played, but you could tell, you know, it was bothering him. That was the first, first thing. The second thing was the <laughs> awful fourth quarter – uh, the Pelicans really should have never been in the position to lose that game because they were dominating from the get-go. And all of a sudden, the fourth quarter starts, and it's like they forget how to box out. They mm. forget how to take care of the basketball. I believe the Blazers had like 12 second-chance points in that quarter alone. And the Pelicans had several just mind-boggling turnovers, like turnovers coming out of the inbound. We're just like, wait, how did that ball end up over there? So it, it was very frustrating to watch, and then it comes down to the end. They still have a chance, and Drew Holiday, got to give him credit. He played out of his mind in this game. He had a triple-double, but he had two critical blocks in the final three minutes of that game, and the last block set up uh, two each one more three-point attempts that didn't fall. Uh, so it was, just, it, was, it was a very frustrating loss for the Pelicans because, you know, this was a game that they had all the way up until the fourth quarter and just – with sim- simple miscues, gave it away. Mm. And now uh, the Pels have lost back-to-back games in a bad time with just seven games remaining this season. And also hurts, of course, losing to Portland, who uh, now is 45-28. and 28. You look at New Orleans, 43-32. and 32. And, of course, uh, for the season series now tied at two, the Pels would have held the advantage over Portland if they could have just taken care of business. Yep, it's a squandered opportunity, and uh, I guess right now you just you know you're you're focusing on this weekend because you got a pretty big weekend coming up with the Thunder. Uh, I believe that game is Sunday on Easter, actually. So yeah, regroup, um, and hopefully Anthony Davis can uh, heal up that ankle because he's been pretty banged up this past month. Damian Lillard had a uh, nice performance, 18 of 33 shooting, 41 points. Yeah, he was awesome, and that was when McCollum was you know. I think like three of 18, something like that. So Lillard stepped up and provided that offense. And, you know, I mean, we all know how good he is. Um, but he, he went off against the Pelicans. Jake was all in last night watching the, the Pels because LSU ULO was blacked out. Yes. Um, 
This one hurts the Tigers. They fall uh, three well, to one to the Cajuns. Another midweek game, but I think it just hurts them because the fact uh, they bang out ten hits and they just continue the offense struggle, uh, not getting the bat on the ball or making big plays in crucial times. Well, it's one of those things where you know the, I don't want to keep giving them excuses with the injuries, but you look at this lineup. You know, no no more Broussard who was leading you. Still no still no Josh Smith, but. You look at the last four games, I understand they went up against a Vanderbilt team that's a top-ten team in, in just about every poll. Um, but they still, if you, if you take the last four games, they've only scored ten total runs in those games. Mm. This is coming off the 3-1 loss last night. And like you said, they had ten hits. They had opportunities. I believe there was an Austin Bain um, base running blunder, which uh, Sean Ochico actually took um, he, he took the, the fall for that. He said that I, you know, I gave him the sign late, and so he took the blame. But uh, ultimately, it's just one of those things where you had guys on the base path and you just couldn't score them. Mm. And I will say this: out of all the you know the bad things to come out of this loss, Jake Slaughter had two hits, mm. and that's that's good to see for us up here because you know for a while he wasn't playing there for him to get an opportunity to get back in the lineup and provide two hits. Uh, that was good to see. couple key stats for LSU at the plate. Six for 13 with two outs with runners in scoring position. One for 11. You start to look at their offensive woes right now. They have scored two runs or less in three of their last four games. And they only scored more than four runs in uh, four of their last six games away from the box. And they're one in five in those contests away from the friendly confines. Uh, the shots that I... Wasn't anything from the game last night that caught my attention. It was just after he done did his uh, post-game press conference, pulmonary, just sitting in the dugout by himself. And it looked like he was stewing over things that took place in the game. And, of course, it probably doesn't help knowing the Raging Cajuns won two from you this year. No, it doesn't. Uh, and that's the thing. And if you look at it, I think a lot of people are looking at this and saying, well, LSU's now 16-10. and 10. Yeah. And they've lost – they got swept by ULL. Uh, they've lost some midweek games. But if you just think back to last year, they were 18-8. and eight, mm -hmm. And they lost two or three games against Texas A&M. Remember, and a lot of people – that was when Paul Maneri was on the hot seat. So, I think if you're an LSU fan or if you're just a baseball fan, you can't overreact to this. Because you, you're just – a year ago, you saw how LSU turned around. Mm -hmm. So – you got to be patient, but this team has to get healthy it's straight up. You can't, you know, if this group continues to, to have injury plague problems and, you know, Nick Storrs can't get back out there and throw after his one and only outing, I mean, you know, that's that's tough. So they got to get over these injuries. Yeah, and we, we talked about the going into the year looking at this roster and, of course, the question marks, but we figured this offense would be pretty dynamic, pretty powerful. But as you mentioned, the injuries have crept in and, of course, have limited them. But they are struggling right now. And Palmineri, after the game, said, we had 10 hits, scored one run, and that's totally unacceptable. It's been happening all year. I told the kids after the game, we're not coaching you well enough. We're going to try to tell you what to do, and guys aren't doing it. Guys are constantly trying to pull off-speed pitches. Mm. Yeah, so back to the drawing board for LSU. Well, Maneri did take some responsibility, though. He said, I just got to find the answers. I take responsibility for it. I'm not getting the most out of this team. I know we're better than this. LSU falls to ULLLL 3-2-1. Uh, other scores, and how about uh, Louisiana Tech, is uh, the Diamond Dogs go on the road. 
dig themselves a little bit of a hole, then rally, and then go on to beat McNeese 9-2. to two. They uh, was uh, they're off to a great start. And, I mean, fan, fantastic what they've done recently. What, 5 of 17 now? About 15 of the last 17 games. And this is the key stat. We told this to Lane Bros yesterday. When Tech scores three or more runs, the team is an absurd 20-1 and one this year. Yeah, uh, it was one of those games where the offense came late. They scored six of those runs in the ninth inning. Uh, but, you know, better late than never. But if you look at this, you know, pitching staff, I thought it was kind of funny just looking at who stepped up onto the mound for the, for the Bulldogs because you went from David Leal to Tyler Fallis to mm-hmm. Kent Hazler. So it's like if you're an opponent and you're just looking at those three guys, you're just going, dang, man, where, where, where is the, the weakness here in, in, in the pitching staff? So – um, that's just that's scary, man. When, when Tech can throw those kind of arms at you, and you know, I'm just thinking ahead to like tournament play. Mm-hmm. When they can throw those types of arms at you after their starting pitchers, whew, that's nasty. I misspoke. Of course, Tech had the two to nothing lead with Liel on the mound. He only goes four and two thirds innings. That is his shortest start of the season. Gives up two earned runs on nine hits uh, in the ninth. Louisiana Tech really put this thing away, leading three to two. Uh, an RBI two. R- RBI triples from both Skelton and Robinson break this game wide open. They go on to win 9-3. Of course, short turnaround now for Louisiana Tech as they'll start a three-game series with Florida International at home on Thursday. And ULM picked up a big win last night. They certainly did. And everybody says, well, it's a win against Jackson State. And then you look at Jackson State and the Tigers and what they've done this year. They went into last night's game with a 12-4 mark including a victory over the Warhawks earlier this year. ULM jumps out to a big lead, up 10-3. to uh, Jackson State attempts to kind of chip away at it, get it to 10-7, but ultimately the Warhawks win. Yeah, it's like ULM definitely remembered losing to Jackson State. They jumped out in the first inning and scored six runs. So it took care of business, and although it looked a little scary toward the end, uh, they held on and got that 10-7 to victory. Uh, other news and notes, Grambling against uh, Texas College. They take care of business 11-3 at home. They will now get ready to take on Texas Southern this weekend. I believe Grambling now has pushed that three-game series back, so they will go Friday, Saturday, Sunday instead of the typical Easter schedule of Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Yeah, simply for weather reasons. Looking better for this weekend. Not looking so good for today and tomorrow. Uh, high school baseball from last night. There's two games that we were keeping tabs on. One being Sterlington versus Franklin Parish. This was the Patriots' big opportunity this week leading into district player. Two showdowns against West Washita and Neville. We wanted to see what they'd look like against Ruston and then against Sterlington. They lose to the Bearcats and then they follow up. Yesterday they run into a a rug kid that had a no-hitter into the six, ends up pitching a one-hitter. Sterlington knocks off Franklin Parish 9 to nothing, And also West Washita versus Washita. Yeah, West Washita took care of business. They scored, I believe, four runs in the first inning to win that game 5-2. to two, uh, Held on to win that one. So West Washita is continuing uh, to build momentum after winning the series against Neville this past weekend. There was a huge game on the diamond in high school softball. It featured uh, Washita and Ruston. Lady Bearcats trying to beat the Lady Lions for the second time this year. The second time this year, and Lady Lions weren't having it. Lady Lions won that game 8-5. to five. I believe Alyssa Allen was 3-4 for four in that game, had a huge game for Washita. Uh, so now, Washita, if you're going back to last week, they went 5-0 and against some dangerous competition. They're just continuing to stay hot. This team right now is feeling it. 
Uh, one side note, shameless plug here. Uh, uh, Washita continues to be up for the Little Caesars Team of the Week along with uh, Sterlington, OCS, and West Monroe Baseball. You can vote at KNOE.com. And somebody will be delivering pizzas on Thursday. <laughs> Depending on where it's at, uh, you might have a few missing, but that's okay. Uh, a couple other headlines. How about this uh, pretty cool story? Jacoby Boykins from Louisiana Tech has been selected to participate in the Slam Dunk Championships Thursday night down in San Antonio. One of eight dunkers. Yeah, very cool. Very cool. Only uh, He had 32 dunks. Somebody kept track in his uh, college career, but he had a couple nice ones, including a 360 back in 2017 versus Charlotte's. You may remember that one. It was uh, ESPN top play, mm-hmm. or second top play. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think that's – I mean, I have a lot of headlines, but I'm trying to save them because I know we got a guest coming up at 7.15. So you want to get to the starting line? Yeah, starting line brought to you by Louisiana Pain Care. The starting lineup. Are you crying? The starting lineup. Are you crying? Starting lineup. Are you crying? The starting lineup. This guy crying? Let's get to the starting lineup. We'll talk more high school baseball coming up in the next segment. Sterlington's head coach Mark Sims joins us as his Panthers are off to a fantastic start this year following last year's championship squad. Now moved up to 3A. It hasn't slowed them down one bit. Our doctor segment continues. Jeff Counts will join us at 730 at 8 o'clock, we look forward to our weekly visit with Michael Federico from ULM as they look forward to a big road trip this weekend to Texas Arlington. And you want to talk a little Major League Baseball? Opening day right around the corner. Yeah. Resident uh, baseball expert Jason Pugh will join us at 8.30. And we've got tons of odds and ends to discuss, uh, including Vladimir Guerrero's son hitting a walk-off homer in Montreal, of all places. I'm more fascinated by the story with the Yankees and the, the brouhaha That's with, the, cool. with the suds and the beer controversy. Yes. Also, there's a new rule in the NFL that we'll have to discuss. And ESPN released their power rankings for NFL teams following all the free agency moves. We'll have to dive into that list. Your calls, your texts, always welcome on the Stuart Shelby State Farm hotline slash text line. That number is 888-993-7762. We're off and running. The way you purchased a car in the past is changing. With Ronnie Ward Toyota of Ruston.com, shop our inventory new and used, value your trade, and apply for financing from home on your couch in the comfort of your bed. Wherever you choose, whatever you want, at Ronnie Ward Toyota of Ruston.com, we'll hand you your keys so you can get to the important things in life. Visit Ronnie Ward Toyota of Ruston.com. Drive your dream. Live to drive. Whether you have a sports or an orthopedic injury, nagging low back or neck pain, work-related injury, or even vertigo, get the care and treatment you need at Legacy Outpatient Therapy Services. LOTS has been a reliable health care provider for Ruston and the surrounding communities for over 15 years. Give Chase Patterson and his team of skilled therapists a call at 318-255-9601 or visit our website at LegacyRehab.net. LOTS official partner of Louisiana Tech Athletics and your home for trusted therapy solutions powered by Legacy Rehabilitation. If your business depends on technology, then you can depend on NetTech. We offer remote desktop and service management, cloud-based document access, email services, IP phone services, fiber internet, and data security products. With locations in Monroe and in Ruston, our friendly technicians 
and help desk staff are ready to solve all your IT problems. Let NetTech be your IT department. Visit nettech.net or call 866-668-0001 today. Hi, I'm Lieutenant Governor Billy Nungesser. Louisiana is more than just a place to visit. It's our way of life, and that means being outdoors. Join the nearly 2 million people who camped, biked, paddled, and hiked our state parks last year as we invite you to do the same. Every corner of Louisiana has something to offer, from the world-class fishing at Toledo Bend to paddling at Fountainwood to exploring the ancient mounds at Poverty Point World Heritage Site. So fill up your car and staycation right here in our home, Louisiana. Good morning, Louisiana. This is the Morning Drive. This hour is sponsored by Ronnie Ward, Toyota of Ruston. Welcome back to the Morning Drive. Jake, if you had to take roll call of the most impressive teams in Northeast Louisiana so far this year in high school baseball, it wouldn't take you very long to get to Sterlington, would it? Not long at all, no. Their head coach, Mark Sims, joins us on the Stuart Shelby State Farm Hotline. How you doing this morning, Coach? Uh, good morning. How y'all doing today? You still missed the day that you got to fill in and got to sit up here in this uh, luxurious, luxurious studio and co-host with me? Man, I tell you what, that was the best three hours of my life right there. I can't wait to do it again. I tell you, that was fun, though, Aaron. Seriously, I, I had a good time doing that with Paul, and uh, yeah. I thought I thought that was uh, I was real that was real good. All right, we'll make we'll make a deal. If you win another state championship and Jake takes a day off, we can make it happen again. How's that? <laughs> I tell you what, you. That's a deal, man. That's a, that's a deal. All right, I, I want to bring up this, first of all. You know, I enjoyed going to the game last night. Big win for you guys versus Franklin Parish. But I look at your coaching staff, and I look at yourself, of course, former minor league player, and you got this guy, a four-time All-Star, sitting in the dugout, too, and Ben Sheets. I think you guys would probably fare pretty well in an old-timers game. What do you think? Man, I tell you, it's, uh, it's tough to be a pitcher on the starting staff. You got uh, you got three pitchers. You know, Bucky uh, Bucky was uh-huh. also a pitcher at, uh, at ULM and a Friday night starter. And uh, man, it's it's tough to be a pitcher on this staff and get something past those beefsteak guys. Well, I mean, when you guys are giving batting practice and you guys want to really hunker down, I guess that does give you a little bit of advantage. Do you guys ever, you know, get the competitive juices flowing and kind of go after your hitters or two in practice? Uh, it's funny you say that because uh, last week uh, we got out there and of course you know the, the two young guys on the staff they you know they they can't throw as hard as me but uh, but those guys <laughs> they uh, we scooted up a little bit and, and we got out there and pitched and uh, we were throwing curveballs change ups and you know and we were getting after it and uh, and you know the kids got to see Ben get out there and and, and cut a couple loose and, and throw that curveball and, and Bucky and. Uh, we competed with them and 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 got them, you know, uh, got some good abs with them. But but yeah, it's fun sometimes to get out there and compete again. And uh, but yeah, what a wealth of knowledge for these kids, man. Just to just to listen to Ben and uh, you know and and listen to him teach and coach and, and explain why things are being done and uh, you know it's it's helped us out. Well, it's paying off big time. And of course, uh, you had a great pitching performance last night from Rug. Uh, I guess you realized he had a no-hitter there in the sixth. Uh, how important has he been for this team this year and to see him have another performance like that last night versus Franklin Parrish? Well, we were counting on Trey. Uh, you know, Trey's been pitching since he's uh, a freshman. He's a junior now. And uh, he was basically the only returning pitcher that had significant varsity innings. Uh, Luke Denman had pitched some when he was a freshman. And, uh, you know, so we were – 
worried about trying to find that number two, number three guy. And uh, but we were counting on Trey. I mean, you know, we were he, he's our he's what we're what we were hoping to to do this year. And uh, he pitched in the semifinals last year, and he's sort of taken that that lead that Spencer Davis had for for the last couple of years. And uh, I mean, man, he came out last night and uh, a little erratic there at times, but uh, but man, he established early that he was going to dominate with a fastball and. Uh, you know, the, the runs already helped him relax a little bit. But, but Trey's done exactly what we hoped he would do this year and, and taken over. Uh, you can't replace Spencer, and you never will. Um, but but Trey's, uh, Trey's doing his best to, to, to take over that role. What's it like in the dugout when you have a no-hitter going? Is everybody kind of trying not to say it out loud? <laughs> no, I mean, you know, uh, I think, you know, not really thinking about it so much because just when I was looking at Franklin's lineup, I mean, you know, that's scary. I mean, I mean, they've got, uh, you know, the leadoff hitter was real good. The, the, the catchers already committed to Tulane, I believe, as a freshman, and then the two majors. Uh, you know, so at that time, we were just focused in on trying to, you know, make sure we don't give them a, a run at it. And, uh, and uh, but, you know, nobody's saying nothing. And, uh, when I, and I tell you, you know, we played Carroll at 4 o'clock, and uh, Taylor Martin came out and and threw a complete game, uh, which was a 15 and nothing. But Taylor Martin had, had threw a no hitter earlier in the day, um, and so that would have been pretty. That would have been pretty something right there if we had finished off the day with two no hitters. No disrespect to your district in baseball, but how do you keep your team focused and continue to improve <laughs> in district play? Well, Aaron, we sandwiched enough around. Uh, you know. Um, we got West Monroe Friday, Oak Grove. Uh, we had Franklin scheduled for today, uh, and then next week, uh, you know, we'll, we'll finish up with district. But then we'll get West Washtenaw again. West Monroe OCS still got to play twice. So there's, you know, the schedules the schedule set up enough that you know we can offset some of this and uh, you know and stay competitive and get competitive at bat. But like you said, you know, if it, if it feels like a lull, then we'll just we'll just strap old Ben back out there and let him let him get after him again. You mentioned the matchup with the Rebels. What's that going to be like going back to Alls Field? And I'm sure your players are jacked up about the opportunity to take their cuts against the West Monroe Rebels. Well, it's going to be fun. It's going to be an atmosphere because, uh, you know, it's West Monroe, and, and, and they're always, you know, they're one of the top 5A programs around, and uh, they're on a roll right now. And, uh, you know, it's going to be a good – it's going to be a good game for both of us uh, because you know we need to you know we we need to see uh, where we stack up and to get ready for our playoff run and um, you know so you know it's going to be fun to go back over there and uh, you know and, and go back to, to, to West Monroe and play and um, you know it's just going to be fun and hopefully the rain can get on out of here and, and we can get this thing in Friday. Sterling head coach Mark Sims joins us on the Stuart Shelby State Farm Hotline. Coach, off your championship squad from last year in the 2A ranks, how much of that nucleus returned this year? we got a good core group. Uh, you know, of course, losing Spencer was big. Uh, and then we lost our, you know, Dalton Dobson and Jacob Barr. And, uh, and, and but we got we got a, a good core group back. You know, Carson Clowers, Brooks Rushworth, um, Jarrett McDonald, these guys have been playing since they were freshmen. You know, we talked about those guys last year, but we've all, we, now we've got we've got four year players also. Uh, Tucker Allen's played for four years. Uh, you know, so we've got 
another group that that we had to put on the field as freshmen, and uh, you know, and they you know they were a big part of what we did last year also. But we've had some other kids. Uh, Luke Dimon has stepped up and just uh, is having a great year. Uh, he's played left field. He's pitched. He played first base. Uh, Braden Huff has uh, stepped up in the catcher spot and in, into the five hole. And uh, you know, so we've had guys that have, that have stepped up. Uh, Davis Johnson. Uh, Aaron, this is another kid right here. He's uh, this guy's got a great chance to play beyond high school, and uh, he, you know he stepped in last year as a sophomore uh, into the three hole and stayed there, and, and he's one of the best hitters around. Uh, so we've had guys step up. Uh, I think the big thing is those guys got a taste of it. Uh, they understand what it's like now, and they know uh, they know they know where they want to go. And uh, you know it's up to me and Bucky and Ben. We got to keep them focused and. Uh, so far, you know they they've stayed they've stayed on that right path. You make the change to three A. How does that change the landscape and the title prospects for Panthers to go back to back? As you look at the power rankings, you guys are right now at number one. Who are you eyeing as a potential uh, team that could give you fits? Well, I haven't seen many of them. Uh, you know, I know uh, I know Eunice. You know, may not be up there right now, but they've always got a good squad. Bruley, uh, I believe, is one of the uh, top two and they played a tough schedule um you know you know i really hadn't dove into it uh just yet to see um you know we lost a lot of games early in the year to, to the weather and uh so a lot of people just now are getting back on track in their district and, and you're getting you know things are starting to shake out now uh to see who's who's where um but moving up to 3a i mean and it's you know it's, it's just part of it it's a growing community out here and uh you know, people are coming out here, and I wouldn't be surprised if in the next couple of years we don't we don't move up another class. Uh, and uh, but you know that's but that's good. That's good for the school and the community. And um, but I you know I don't know right now. Uh, just looking at it, you shake it out. Bruley Bruley's there. Uh, I think Eunice is going to be there at the end also. One final question, Coach. It always appears or seems like the wind is always blowing there at Panther <laughs> Park, and we saw it last night. And of course, it gave. One of their outfielders fits. I think it would have been a hit anyway. Does that guy give you guys a big advantage when a team comes in there? Oh, absolutely. Uh, you know, it's just, uh, I mean, the two places to, uh, in Louisiana where you can count on the wind blowing, Sterlington and Washita. And, uh, man, yesterday, you know, when when I got up and the wind was blowing in, I said, well, that's good because I heard Franklin Parrish had a couple guys that can hit it. And, uh but, yeah, it does. If you don't know how to play it, and uh, it's a big advantage for us because we can get out there earlier in the day and, and take BP on it. And uh, But, yeah, it's uh, it's definitely plays into our advantage out here when that wind blows. Coach, as always, we appreciate the time. Uh, congratulations on a fast start. We'll talk to you in a couple weeks. Yes, sir. Thank you all. Mark Sinders, uh head coach. The Panthers uh, number one right now in the 3A power ratings, followed up by Bruley, South Beauregard, Iota's in there, Eunice is at number 6, Iowa at 7, Westlake 8, Gina 9, Caldwell 10. Then we mentioned, of course, uh, district play. Uh, they did a nice job with that schedule. I like how you asked that question, by the way. <laughs> Anybody, no did, you, did, you, did you hear the chuckle? Yeah. But on the flip side, I mean, we just followed the basketball season and how tough that was. Oh, look, basketball and football, we're up against it, yeah. but I think baseball is uh, yeah. doing just fine. No, I'm, I'm looking forward to the, not only the Sterlington-West Monroe matchup, but that Sterlington-OCS matchup down the road. couple of matchups, man. That's going to be really fun. Hmm.
Sims returns to uh, Alls Field. Big matchup for West Monroe versus Sterlington, weather permitting, of course, on Friday. Friday. Rebels have a, they got a big week. Uh, they're scheduled to actually play Ash this week also. Yeah. Let's take a timeout coming up more on the morning drive. Up next, Dr. Jeff Counts joins us for our doctor segment, the morning drive on the Sports Talk 97.7 back after this. Brad Parker and his wife Leah opened the Iron Cactus in Calhoun, Louisiana on July 12, 2010 and has made Iron Cactus into a -a one-of-a-kind restaurant and, in my opinion, the best Tex-Mex in the area. They now have a second location at 428 Desired Street in Monroe. Iron Cactus offers a family-friendly environment that's open for lunch and dinner and also has an array of platters for your catered events. Every time you visit Iron Cactus, you'll find a dedicated and grateful staff with a commitment to deliver the best Tex-Mex, along with the fresh ideas that will make you want to come back again and again. They pride themselves in using fresh food to meet your expectations of a delicious dining experience, and they look forward to serving you in a simple cantina setting. What's better than the Iron Cactus fajitas? Eating them with a margarita, obviously. They are so excited to announce they are now serving your favorite margaritas, wine, and ice-cold beer in downtown Monroe. 428 Desired Street, Monroe, and 1304 Highway 80 East in Calhoun. The way you purchased a car in the past is changing. With Ronnie Ward Toyota of Ruston.com, shop our inventory new and used, value your trade, and apply for financing from home on your couch in the comfort of your bed. Wherever you choose, whenever you want, at Ronnie Ward Toyota of Ruston.com, we'll hand you your keys so you can get to the important things in life. Visit Ronnie Ward Toyota of Ruston.com. Drive your dream. Live to drive. The North Louisiana Orthopedic and Sports Medicine Clinic is dedicated to helping you get back to your old self. Maybe even better. Whether a sports-related injury or an accident in daily life has you sidelined, let the progressive all-star team of physicians, therapists, and professional staff at North Louisiana Orthopedic and Sports Medicine Clinic provide superior service and results. Visit us at MonroeOrtho.com to schedule your appointment at one of our three locations in Ruston, West Monroe, or 1501 Louisville Avenue in Monroe. It's time for the Morning Drive's weekly visit with the sports medicine doctors at North Louisiana Orthopedic and Sports Medicine Clinic. Time to get a little smarter with our doctor segment. Dr. Jeff Counts joins us this morning on the Stuart Shelby State Farm Hotline. How are you doing this morning, bud? I'm real good, guys. How are y'all? Good. Got a number of uh, medical questions for you on this Wednesday morning. And we start with a huge injury news in the NBA with, of course, Steph Curry now expected to miss the first round of the postseason with a grade 2 MCL sprain. Uh, We haven't discussed grades of sprains in quite some time, and let's just get a refresher course on it, Dr. Jeff Counts. What does that typically mean? Well, we grade uh, ligament injuries essentially based on severity of the injury. And, and you know, typically we, we classify them or grade them into three different categories, a grade one, grade two, and grade three. And, you know, typically a grade one is a very mild, uh, essentially just a stretching of the ligament where, uh, you know, it's the, probably the most common would be like an ankle sprain. When, when you roll your ankle over, stepping off of a curb or, or, or just stepping into a hole and you, and you tweak your ankle, so to speak, that, that's typically a grade one where you just get a stretching of the ligament and, and maybe a few of the fibers will, will tear and you'll get, 
maybe some mild bruising, uh, but it usually goes away within, you know, two to four weeks and you're back to normal. With a grade two, it's obviously more severe and you get um, a more significant involvement as far as tearing of the fibers of the ligament itself. Um, you've stretched it kind of beyond what it can tolerate and um, you get a, a, a larger portion of the ligament that's actually torn. It's not completely torn through, but it's damaged pretty significantly. Now, these, these injuries still are treated conservatively. Um, we usually do not have to do any kind of surgical intervention on, on a grade two injury. Um, but as you would expect, the time frame for recovery um, is a lot longer. You know, we're looking more now at, at two to three months to get over, um, you know, a, a grade two injury. So that, you know, again, that's why they're expecting Steph Curry to miss at least the first round of the playoffs. Is I think they're being pretty aggressive with their treatment and hoping they can get him back within, you know, four to six weeks kind of thing. Um, with a grade three, obviously. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. You're fine. I was just going to say that treatment and, of course, that rehab for his grade two MCL sprain, what does that typically consist of? Well, you know, they're going to work on uh, trying to get rid of the inflammation. So there's lots of different modalities that the therapist or the trainers will use on him um, to get rid of the inflammation around his knee. Um, they're going to work uh, slowly back with his range of motion because they want to give it a little bit of time to heal before they really start cranking his range of motion. But then they'll work on range of motion and then strengthening of the leg. And then once they've got the leg kind of strong again and he's not having much pain, then they'll start working on basketball agility drills. And then once he's doing that comfortably, then they'll get him back in the, in the, in the sport. Before I stepped on you, you were going to talk about grade three and then, of course, what that means for an athlete. Right. And typically a grade three is a complete rupture of the ligament, either the ligament pulls off the bone or it ruptures in the mid-substance of the ligament. And these are the ones that typically require surgical intervention. And again, it depends on the joint that's involved. But most of these, when the ligament is completely torn like that, um, that's when you get instability of a joint. So that's why we have to do surgical uh, reconstruction of the ligament. And of course, again, depending on the joint, determines, you know, the length of time that the that the athlete is held out of sport. And Dr. Counts, with him being a basketball player, does that make it a little bit more difficult than perhaps if he was a, an offensive lineman coming back from a grade 2 MCL spring? Yeah, um, obviously, you know, you're looking at a, at a very high-skilled um, athlete when you're talking about an NBA player, so you know, the things that they do on a basketball court compared to like an offensive lineman who, you know, after the pain subsides with that, we could, we can brace him with a big bulky brace and, and usually allow him to go back to playing a, a lot quicker than we would with like a basketball player. Hmm. Dr. Jeff Counts joins us on the Stuart Shelby State Farm Hotline. A uh, big blow for LSU baseball, of course, with the news that the second baseman, Brant Broussard, was out with a broken thumb. Typically, what does that rehab consist of for him and how long he could potentially miss? Well, um, you know, obviously he's going to be casted or immobilized for a period of time to let the bone, uh, or to let the bone heal. And then once the bone does heal, um, I'm sure they will 
uh, try and get him moving as quickly as possible. Um, you know, a, a lot of the, the thumb injuries that we deal with, it really depends on where in the thumb it's broken. Um, so, obviously, believe it or not, down towards the tip is going to be a less traumatic, less time off than it is as you get closer to the base of the thumb near the hand. So um, it, a, a lot of it just does depend on where the thumb is broken and how quickly they can start working on range of motion with him. And you would think with a broken thumb, uh, that could be create difficulties, of course, and some adversity with a, a, a hitter at that. Yeah, it, it can, but, uh, but of course, you know, there are, um, I don't know what to call them, the, 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 the devices that, that batters are using now to protect their thumbs um, from getting hit by the pitch if, if it's an inside pitch. Um, and and those, those devices actually kind of help the player grip the bat a little bit, um, e- even if they do have a thumb injury. So, um, you know, it, it's going to affect his, his, his batting, there's no question. Uh, but I think that they, they will figure out something, I'm sure, to allow him to get back and, and swing the bat again. Detroit uh, prospect Franklin Perez out three months uh, with a lat sprain. We hear about, of course, ab poles and things like that, but lat sprains we don't typically hear that much about. What does that typically come from, and, of course, uh, what could that mean? I mean, when you hear three months, it sounds like a pretty tough injury. Right. You know, this is a fairly rare injury. We we hardly ever hear of somebody injuring their their lat. And and Mm -hmm. what we mean by the lat is the latissimus dorsi, which is the muscle – that kind of forms, uh, if you look at a bodybuilder's back, it kind of forms the wing of his back between, you know, between his spine and out towards his arm. You know, that big muscle that helps you, you know, uh, do pull-ups and things like that when it comes to exercising. Um, so, you know, to hear of, a, of, a, of, a, of an athlete who has a, a sprain or, a, or an injury to that, to that muscle, it's really unusual. Um, and I'm kind of... Still trying to figure out. I haven't. I haven't been able to find anywhere um, in any news stories of exactly how he injured his lat. Um, but you know, it's one of those things that, um, again, it's such a rare thing. And again, the, depending on how severe this is, as far as the the level of injury that he, you know, incurred, um, you know, that's going to determine obviously how long he's going to be out. But um, you know, you think about all the things that the latissimus muscle does for you. You know, especially as a baseball player, if he's if, if it injured if it's injured on the side that he throws with, um, it, you know, just swinging a bat. You know, your your lats really have to work in the swing in the motion of swinging a bat. You know, so I can see how it's gonna keep him out for a while um, as far as him being able to do the things he needs to do. Dr. Counts, if there's a parent out there that has a youngster that has an issue or two or perhaps just a, a weekend warrior that needs your guys' assistance, where can they find you guys? Well, of course, you can call us at our main number, 323-8451. That'll get you to any of the locations that you need to come to, Monroe, West Monroe, or Ruston. Um, and then, of course, on online at MonroeOrtho.com, um, you can schedule an appointment through the website. Um, the other thing, obviously, is our after-hours clinic. Um, if if it's an afternoon baseball practice or whatever and a kid gets injured, instead of going to the ER, you can come to our after-hours clinic and uh, somebody will get, get you seen and get you set up for uh, taking care, get, getting taken care of. So, um, of course, those are from Monday to Thursday. 
until 8 p.m. and on Saturdays from 8 to 11 in the morning. Dr. Counts, as always, we appreciate the time, bud. We'll see you in a couple weeks. All right. You guys have a good day. Dr. Jeff Counts. All right. I got two things before we go to break. Okay. First, um, West Monroe's game against Ash has been postponed. It will not be playing today anymore. Instead, they will play a doubleheader Saturday. So they have Sterlington Friday, doubleheader against Ash Saturday, and then West Washtenaw Tuesday. So a big matchup next week. Wow. Uh, the other thing. Where will that doubleheader then be? Down at Ash, or will they? You know what? I don't. I don't have the details Sorry. on that. Sorry to put you. Up. So, yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> the schedule maker over here, Jake. Yeah, Martin. yeah. Well, I'm still working on that. <laughs> yeah. Let me call both. Details are still sketchy. And, uh, yeah. Um, second thing, got to give Tabor props. Oh, it's at West Monroe. Okay. There you go. <laughs> there you go. Uh, I got to give Tabor props for this. Uh-oh. Uh oh. I found. Well, he found something on Facebook and shared it, and I uh, just ran across it. So this is a um, like a, a promotional poster for a wrestling event uh-huh. in Alexandria in 1983. Listen to this: the Junkyard Dog yeah. versus Hacksaw Duggan. Nice. What a main event! Yeah. And then you got um, Mr. Wrestling Two versus Matt Bourne. The loser leaves Alexandria for 30 days. <laughs> and they would welcome that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It, look, admission ringside, seven dollar tickets. That's really cool, what man. Year is this? this is 1983. I just yeah, told you that. That's nice. 83 when wrestling was hot. Junkyard dog. Junkyard dog. He was the man hmm. back in the day. Maybe Tabor was there. Tabes. You know what? That would have been about the time that my mother was stationed at the old Air Force base. Yeah. It wouldn't have surprised me. <laughs> <laughs> we got some other headlines coming up after the break. Let's fire up this text line, 888-993-7762. What's on your mind on this Wednesday morning? The Morning Drive on Sports Talk 97.7 returns after this. The way you purchased a car in the past is changing. With Ronnie Ward Toyota of Ruston.com, shop our inventory new and used, value your trade, and apply for financing from home on your couch in the comfort of your bed. Wherever you choose, whatever you want, at Ronnie Ward Toyota of Ruston.com, we'll hand you your keys so you can get to the important things in life. Visit Ronnie Ward Toyota of Ruston.com. Drive your dream. Live to drive. The newest lawn equipment pro center in the area is your new Cub Cadet Superstore, Yard Power. Yard Power in Monroe is your source for the full line of Cub Cadet mowers. In fact, they're the only dealer in Northeast Louisiana. And Yard Power is loaded with Cub Cadets. Over 100 mowers on the ground ready to roll. All backed by a full service and parts department. So remember YP, Yard Power. On Highway 165 in Monroe, just one mile north of Century Link. The Morning Drive, sponsored by BOR. Bank of Ruston, now in Monroe. Your investment property, business, and home loan specialist. Come see BOR at our new location, 2450 Tower Drive in Monroe. Or call us at 812-BANK. BOR, we are your Monroe Banking Center. Member FDIC, equal housing lender. Football's over. Some teams just couldn't get it together. Now they're trying to figure out what went wrong. Too bad they couldn't use AutoZone's Fix Finder tool. When your check engine light comes on, the Fix Finder tool helps you troubleshoot the problem for free. 
so you can fix it right the first time. You can even get a list of repair shops if you need it. And it's one more way that AutoZone helps your tax refund go further. So stop in today and get in the zone. AutoZone. At Ferguson, service is our most important part. So if service is the part you're missing from your supply house, come into one of our 600 nationwide locations and let our team help yours. Whether it's tracking down those hard-to-find parts, having your order ready and waiting at our will call, or helping you manage your inventory with our SKU app and online ordering, the edge every trade professional needs is right around the corner. And with Ferguson Pro Plus, you'll earn redeemable points with every online purchase. Come into one of our locations or visit ferguson.com today. Let's get back to the sports on the morning drive. This hour is sponsored by Ronnie Ward Toyota of Ruston. Unfortunately in life, bad things happen to us. If you are struggling with some sort of trauma and want some professional help, you should consider EMDR Trauma Therapy from Amber White at Firm Foundations Counseling in Monroe. Amber White is one of the few therapists in our area certified in EMDR therapy, a type of therapy which uses eye movement and other stimulation to assist clients in processing distressing memories and beliefs. Blue Cross, Vantage, and TRICARE insurance is accepted at Firm Foundations. If you're interested in learning more about EMDR trauma therapy, call Firm Foundations Counseling today at 318-654-7010. That's 318-654-7010. Or go online to myfirmfoundations.com for more information. Tie up a couple of loose ends from the last uh, segment. So Jake shows me the, the pamphlet that I had oh, the, awesome. from Alexandria in 1983, the, the big card. And I said, man, these pictures are horrible. And Jake, being the millennial that he is, says, well, dude, it was 1983. <laughs> yeah. I mean, come on. I, th- I think it looks all right. I think yeah. it's kind of cool, honestly. Yeah. And look, Tito Santana's yeah, on there. He was buried on the lead there. Chavo Guerrero. Yeah. Uh, Richie Kamala. says, I'm sure my father was there. He's seen Junkyard Dog and Hacksaw wrestle numerous times between Alexandria and Monroe. He still refers to it as, quote, real wrestling. <laughs> and Marty Lund is Arn Anderson. I didn't know that. Yeah. Thanks for that, Tabor. Mm. Um, speaking of wrestling, mm-hmm. you know, next week's WrestleMania. Mm. Pretty good idea to do top 10 greatest promos of all time. Top 10 Thursday next week. I'm going to need Tabe's help on that one. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be a good one. Uh, That should be pretty good radio right there. That'll be great radio. That should be some good audio. Have some Macho Man. Have some Dusty Rhodes. Some Ric Flair. Yeah. Yeah. I I think we'll know what the number one will be. And The Rock, obviously. The Rock will make it, I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. All right. We'll work on it. That'd be good. We've got a week. Yeah. What are we doing tomorrow? Tomorrow we'll do we'll go with the upsets. What I happened figure, to coaches? What happened to the best college more, basketball listen, coaches of I all time? I figure it's more we could do that anytime. Yeah. But right now, you know, you got Loyola Chicago yeah. making the push. I figure it's it's good a time. They're not a Cinderella story, man. We all knew that they Oh, be. sure. Yeah. You and Sister Jean. Yeah. Yeah. And let me tell you this story. Uh, last night I'm walking out of the, the station at uh six thirty, six thirty five or so. And uh I was walking out and walking in were eight nuns. Eight nuns? Yeah. Or they, they were dressed like nuns. Did they know her? <laughs> that was the perfect follow-up question, and I missed the opportunity. Yeah, well, that would have been kind of wrong for you to ask that. <laughs> I think they were playing you know nuns, too. They were playing you? nuns. So, But it did startle me, though, a little bit. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah. Well, let's get to some headlines okay. before we get ourselves in trouble. Um, I mentioned it earlier, but I want to I talk about it again. Vladimir Guerrero, you, you no-sold this, by the way. I thought this was 
the best story of the day slash best story of the week. I don't think anything's going to top this. Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Yeah. steps to the plate. I know it's an exhibition, an exhibition game. game. I know it's an exhibition uh, game, but 25,000 people are still there. Uh, and he hits a walk-off homer with two outs in the ninth inning to give them a one to nothing win against the Cardinals. And his father is right there videoing. Yeah. I mean, come on. That's In good. Montreal. Yeah, it's a cool story. It's a very cool story. I mean, his dad was the man uh-huh. for the Expos back in the day. Mm. He comes back to Montreal, and he watches his son hit a walk-off home. In an exhibition game. Okay, Aaron. I, I, cool. I thought the other story that you showed me was better, though. The beer story? Well, that, I enjoyed that one, too. We can get into that here in a minute or two. But <laughs> well, sorry, I automatically go to that. We're, we're always pushing the limits on technology and, of course, broadcasting and taking uh, viewers inside the game. Yes. Um, in fact, why don't we talk about the beer story first okay. so I can send Tabor this audio to play. All right. So now, from what I understand, uh, the Yankees are a little bit of a brouhaha with Major League Baseball for something that – Your puns are ridiculous. For something that they uh, attempted to try. Uh, I guess it was in suites where you could get a draft beer, and then on the top of the draft beer – in the foam would be a, literally a picture or a profile of some of the biggest stars, correct? Correct. So the problem here is the Yankees did it, and it had a, a judge in the yeah, Aaron Judge, Aaron judge yeah. in the uh, middle of the, the beer with the foam. With the foam. Yeah. Sorry, I can't talk right now. Um, and anyway, it looks really cool, but yeah. they were just kind of showing off the technology. Well, Major League Baseball does not permit active players to be involved in the advertising or promotion of beer or other alcohol. And the Yankees came back and they said, our hospitality team took Monday's event as an opportunity to test the image machine with various Yankees-related <laughs> logos and photos. However, the Yankees have no current plans of incorporating the decorative element on concessions items this season. So they can do it on like an icy or something, but just as long as it's not, <laughs> yeah. as long as not with brew, with beer. How fine. cool is that though? If yeah. you haven't seen the images, like try to find a way to look it up. Just Google Yankees beer foam, yeah. and I'm sure it'll come up. But uh, it's really, really uh, awesome that they can get a picture of Judge in there. Yeah. Now to what you were talking about uh, with Mookie Betts, uh, ESPN was doing an interview with him. On the field, he was in while playing. the game was playing. The played. game was playing. He was in the outfield. He had a mic hooked up to him. I guess he had an earpiece in, yes. and they were interviewing him while he was playing the game, and you know, just asking about different things. And then it made for this hilarious moment. It wasn't a walk off. You didn't just drop the mic and walk off, knowing this is a strike and I'm done. I wanted to, but um, <laughs> because. Yeah, I mean, it's etiquette, you know, right. bowling etiquette. You can't. Yeah. Uh-oh. There you go. I, I ain't getting this voice. <laughs> Get on your horse. <laughs> Don't miss the cutoff. Miss the cutoff. Oh, that's that. that is priceless. I ain't getting this one, boys. <laughs> you can hear him running. <laughs> and then getting coached up. Don't miss the cutoff. How cool. Will we ever have a day? Where in the regular season, guys are getting interviewed in the outfield like that. And I'm talking about in actual regular season. Well, football. networks will push for it. I'm sure they'll push for it. Uh, I would most certainly draw the line at postseason. Like, yeah. but well, you, you It goes back to exhibition games. You have 180 games, you know. I mean, heck, why not? Uh, you got to Google it to see the, the video of it. And, of course, you, 
you could hear the the bat hitting the ball, and then of course him taking off. And uh, I'm not getting this one, boys. It's <laughs> so funny, <laughs> just so good. Uh, while we're kind of hitting around, I do want to say, kind of switching over to basketball. Kevin Durant is going to return tomorrow from mm-hmm. his rib injury. Uh, this is pretty big because as those who followed the NBA know that the Warriors have been banged up pretty bad. They've lost six of their last nine games because they haven't had Durant, Green, Thompson, or Curry. And Curry won't come back until the second round of the playoffs. But um, Durant says, even though Steve Kerr said he, he'll probably play, Durant says, oh, I will be playing Thursday. And uh, Draymond Green still likely be out, and, and Clay Thompson won't return until next week. So, uh, you know you can get at least one of those four back. I guess that's promising news for the Warriors. Um, and last but not least, switching over to football, NFL owners passed a rule yesterday. Aaron. Mm-hmm. So we, we need some time to discuss this one. They passed a rule that players lowering their head to, in, to initiate contact will be penalized 15 yards and be potentially ejected. And now this goes to – Isn't that pretty much what the NCAA has right now? Well – Targeting rule? Yes, but it it's not just – the targeting rule centers around leading with the crown of your helmet. This takes it a step further by saying if you just lower your head, if you're just looking to initiate contact, you can be ejected. So if you're just lowering your head looking to deliver a blow, even if you don't connect. That's the way I understand it. Uh, even if you don't connect, you, you can – you can potentially be ejected. Hmm. So th- obviously they're trying to cut down on the, on the concussions. And, you know, we've had several conversations about this. Before. Well, here's the statistic, easy for me to say, in ESPN.com. <laughs> but according to NFL research, nearly one out of every two helmet-to-helmet hits in NFL caused a concussion in 2017. That's up from a ratio of one of every three times in 2015. Yeah, so – you know, this is also a PR move. And this wasn't actually – this rule wasn't planned to pass. They were discussing it. They were trying to, you know, make the game safer. But they were discussing it league-wide, and everyone felt so strongly about it that they said, okay, let's put this in the handbook. And so, therefore, they passed this new rule uh, when, really, it hadn't been talked about for too long. Now, I do want to say this. This goes for not only, you know, defensive players, but this is – for tacklers, for ball carriers, and for linemen. So h- how you're able to watch everyone on the field, all 22 players, and see where their head's at and, you know, what they're trying to do, I don't know. But uh, how, are you, how are you going to, you know, proper or fairly, um, you know, you fairly use this rule? But we'll see. I, I just think this. It goes back to the conversation we had last year about, Yes, these are good for, you know, PR moves, but when it gets, you know, when it comes to the field and it comes to actually calling this, and it's, it's so difficult for referees to catch all of this. And because of that, there's a level of inconsistency with the calls. And that is the most frustrating thing to me as a fan when I'm watching a game and I'm going, okay, how is this targeting, but this isn't, you know? And, and I feel like we say that in just about every ball game. And it gets ridiculous uh, at times. And so, so you're saying in theory it's a great rule, but theory, can you carry it out? Can you carry it out? I have my doubts just because if you look at what we've – you look at the past couple of years, Aaron, and now you're making the rule – you know, you're asking for referees to look for more things. And I just think it's, you know, I think it's almost impossible to carry out. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be honest. And, and also, 
I understand that we're trying to make it, you know, we're trying to help things with, with public relations and football and head injuries, and we're trying to be sensitive about that. But there's only so much you can do with football, I feel. There's mm -hmm. only so much you can do. It's it's not a game that's that's meant to be, uh, quote-unquote, safe. I mean, there are safe ways of playing the game, uh, and hopefully, you know, this, this cracks down on those defenseless hits, which – that's our. That was the rule in, in in college is is attacking a defenseless player. Now it's just straight up leading with the with, with your helmet. So I mean that's a staggering stat though. According it is to, you know, one out of every two results in concussion. In I mean, 2017. Not, there aren't too many parents that are going to hear that and go, "Oh yeah, I yeah. want my kid to play football." Well, and that's yeah. what they're concerned about. That's what they're concerned about. Let's face it. This is about saving the game of football. This is about making sure that the future of football is is okay and and that you know kids won't parents won't be afraid to let their kids play and i think they continue to need to you know look into technology and of course helmets and different things that they can do with helmets yeah uh, nfl owners meetings do continue in orlando uh, roger goodell it's now coming out of course when he addressed the owners at the start he uh, talked about tom benson and actually got a little choked up about leg uh, tom benson's legacy in the national football league and the impact that he had on the league uh, a couple other takeaways from it. Uh, Mickey Loomis also talked about, of course, uh, Tom Benson. He met with the media for about 15 minutes yesterday. Nothing really newsworthy came out of it. We mentioned, of course, Sean Payton meeting with the media yesterday. He talked a little bit about Sue, how that was out of their kind of price range, or perhaps, you know, Sue was out there shopping himself around along with Jimmy Graham. The, the numbers just didn't work for him. He was asked about uh, Drew Brees. He says, for now, it's basically that. We just talk about now. We're not talking about the future. He talked about uh, needs that they need to go after. And, of course, uh, the biggest ones that he mentioned that, of course, defensive end, wide receiver, and tight end are issues and, of course, one areas that they have to address. Yeah, and you can add to that backup quarterback. You know, I, I think a lot of people are looking at this draft, looking at the depth of quarterbacks in this draft and saying, this is the perfect opportunity for the Saints to get uh, a, a backup for to, to sit behind Breeze and to learn from Breeze. And I know a lot of I'm sure we got a text coming in now. Taysom Hill, yeah, he, he's not a bad backup, but I'm talking about the future of the franchise. And I I, I think there's a you, you probably have somebody in this draft that's more suitable for the future than Taysom Hill. Seven o'clock hour in the books coming up at the top of the hour. ULM head coach Michael Federico with his weekly visit. Warhawks look forward to a big series coming off a nice win last night versus Jackson State. At 8.30 for you Major League Baseball fans, we got you covered. Jason Pugh will tell us the top storylines going into opening day. The Morning Drive on Sports Talk 97.7 is back after this. Thanks for listening to the best of The Morning Drive with Dietrich and White. To listen live every day, tune in at ESPN977.com or subscribe in iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you find podcasts.